All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see Did you You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I, don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air, let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Oh, he's pissed. Brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. Be sure to use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off Pick your it order up. at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms. My co-host, Chris Faber, has got a pack that he's going to open. My name is David Woodrilli. I'm wearing sunglasses partly because it's very sunny out in Vancouver, as you just saw on camera three there, but also because I'm a little pissed off today. Yeah, you are. These are my pissed off sunglasses, Chris. Ooh. And I'll tell you why I'm pissed off. As Hold we, on. Look at what, what did you pull? Well, I've got a Brock Besser card in this set. This is Series 2. they got the Brock Besser in a black skate jersey. And this is a cool one. World Junior Grads. Again, did we, we just pulled a Leon, Leon Dreisaitl last time, right? Aaron, Aaron's collection of Leon Dreisaitl cards, he's going to be doing good. He's going to be popular around the, the Oilers Nation office by the end of this when he gets all these cards mailed to him. What else? What do you got? Okay, Can you're go pissed. Now? Yeah, you're pissed. I know. Go ahead. So, I got something to get off my chest, folks. And when you have a platform like this, which we do, I take advantage of it. We're not talking hockey yeah. right away. We're not talking hockey right away. Lots to get to. My Danny, Danny dear, G coming up, by the way. Danny G, yes, of course. Uh, joining us from Elite Prospects. He will be here to talk prospects and not what I'm about to talk about. But I'm very disappointed, mm-hmm. sad, heartbroken. A lot of F-bombs. There were a lot of F-bombs, but not on this show because it's a family show. Yep. What I'm talking about, Chris, mm-hmm. is my dear co-host and I, Chris Faber, Dave Pedrelli, uh technical producer is Aaron Bordado. He's not coming with us for this, but you He's, and I... Aaron's a little pissed about it, too. Aaron is pissed. He shares our frustration. Uh, Chris and I wanted to go play golf Chris on Saturday. No. I don't think you're right about that. We wanted to go play golf on Saturday. We were thinking, beautiful, Burnaby Mountain. Of course, you've never played one that I've frequented as a youth. I love that course. Mm-hmm. Trying to book a time for Saturday at 7.30 in the morning. Early. Early golf time. That's the best. Is when you're almost done by noon. Trying to book a time. The process is three days in advance. You have to call at noon. That's when it opens. We yeah. have been calling since noon. It is 12.34. We have been calling non-stop for 34 minutes. I've called 182 times. You got up to 137 or something crazy. Point is, is we've been trying non-stop. They don't have a hold system, so it doesn't put your call on hold. You have to hang up and just keep trying again and be the lucky person who gets through to book a time. Now we got to do the show. I'll show you. I'll show you, folks. This is this is all we've been hearing for the past hour. Oh, I hope, I hope you get through on this one. If you're going to do this live on the show, this would be great. You're making a quick call, calling Burnaby Mountain. We just want to play a little golf. It's why we need a, we need a, uh, you know, we're looking, we need a golf course sponsor. I see Sakaris and Price, and they're always out playing on the same golf course. Oh, there we go. Beep, beep, beep. That's all we've been hearing the last half an hour. I'm not going to keep trying because it's not good radio, but golf course, please sponsor us. Help us get a freaking round. We just want to play. Give me Big Al. There's a dollar. Big Al out there. Give me Big Al. Oh, that uh, I you big met Al. Big Al. He no, likes I you. never met him, but he sent me free drinks last time I was at Whistler Golf Club, which is a gorgeous course, and we would love for that to be <laughs> the golf course of uh, of Canucks conversation. I love that course. The only thing that freaks me out, I don't want the everybody. Say, they talk about this with the Whistler Golf Courses. They're like, oh, but it's so it's great, like the bears and the nature. I don't want to be golfing and the bears yeah. start rolling up on me. I golfed in I a Soyuz so. last year. Mm-hmm. Got near a bush. 
and heard this little rattling sound. Oh, guy was with like, "Hey, that's a rattlesnake. You shouldn't shoot that shot." It's like, "No problem, man. I'm in the rough anyway." Yeah, take a drop. Yeah. Although in the soil use, the rough is all just dry, dead mm. grass. But I anyways, played, I played with Harm in Penticton last year. I'm excited yes. for that again. So that'll be. I heard Harm didn't do too well. No, I'm glad you got that off your chest. For, I got to show. Can I show what's on my chest? No, I'm not done yet. Okay, I'm not done yet because this is not the Burnaby that I grew up in. Oh, here we go. This is not the Burnaby that I knew. You're still growing up in Burnaby. And loved. No, I'm not. I'm not in Burnaby anymore. I've migrated. Mm. I've migrated away from this. Them and their bad public golf booking systems. Okay, okay. It used to be online, and that was a tire fire in its own way. Mm -hmm. And then when it was online, people would upcharge and sell them on, like, Facebook Marketplace. Be like, hey, I bought a round. You You can have it for twice the price. Oh. Like, go... Screw yourself. Yeah. Family show. That's right. Look at what's on my chest, though. Uh, d- the Pikachu! Damn it! The green screen's got me again here, Aaron. Oh, God. Anyways, beautiful uh, Pokemon shirt. All right, let's get to it. We got a lot to get to. Uh, Danny G from uh, Elite Prospects. He was a big part of the uh, their massive draft guide. He covered all the BCHL guys, and I know he had a lot of in-person viewings on some WHL players as well. So we're going to get a nice little local BC focus uh, later on with Danny G about the draft. And we're going to talk about, because uh, I think this is a discussion that we're, we're going to have this on later in the show. We might uh, transition out of Danny and hop right into this. But the best defenseman in the draft, I'm convinced it's Dmitry Simashev. I've watched a ton of these guys. I, I think it's Simashev. People man. on Twitter didn't like that take. No. and One lot, guy saying and you hey, were talking about Tom Willander last week. I know I was talking about Tom Willander last week. I like him too. I think he skates extremely well. I never once said Will Anders the best defenseman in the No, draft. you didn't. I never said that. I was going to respond to that, and then but I, I don't tell respond you, to people anymore. No, once you start to, uh, well, I tell you, Simashev is going to be something special in that Russia factor. It shouldn't worry at all. He's, you know what he's doing right now? We uh, tweeted that on the Canucks Combo account. He's down in Florida. He's uh, golfing. He's uh, listening to Blueberry Fago. If you remember that song. I don't. Good Can't track. even. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get right to it. Patrick Alvin spoke yesterday for the first time since the Oliver Ekman Larson buyout. Lots to get uh, kind of dive into here. A lot of uh, good good audio clips. We got them. We're going to run them here on the show. Uh, but first of all, what did you take away the biggest out of that media availability? What was the one thing? Because there was, there was a couple things. when Like I was there. I was down there talking to Patrick Alvin. I only got one question in because the media, they, everybody's going in hard. Uh, everybody's cutting each other off at that yesterday because everyone's so excited to talk to the GM. Um, what was the biggest takeaway for you as an outside observer? Because I know what what the thing that he said where we all looked at each other and were like, oh, that's that's big. What was the one thing? I think Tanner Pearson's going to be ready for training camp. That's yeah. not what he said. That's no. Technically, that's not on, what he on said. On track, I believe. We have the clip. Let's no, run, let's run that one right Yeah, off let's run that off. Okay, just so, we don't, don't so we're not like screwing up our yes, words. Yes, Aaron, Aaron, let's hear... Let's hear uh, uh, <laughs> uh, let's go uh, Alvin on uh, on Pearson. Let's hear this real quick. Let's get this video up here. Yep. And uh, the, the indication that I have got that uh, his hand is healing. Uh, he's preparing himself to be uh, uh, ready for training camp. Wow. What? I, I said, what? We all looked at each other like... You, you, oh, is that the one you were going to say as well? No, I have another one that's bigger okay. than that. But that one, we all looked at each other and said, is this... Really? Like, that's not anything we've heard anything close to that at this no. point. I've heard seven surgeries. I've heard, you know, he just wants to be a family man. He just wants to be able to be a from father Tanner to his Pearson. kids. Exactly. <laughs> like, so it's like, Tanner Pearson. So now to hear that, uh, you know, hoping to be healthy for training camp, I am, I'm flabbergasted by that. And that's not even my word of the day. I just am. I'm flabbergasted. 
I don't. I don't believe. I hope so. I, listen, all <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it. I'd love to. I hope that he's able to get healthy. But it's just. It seems like man, you go through seven surgeries off of what was, you know, supposed to just be a routine hand injury. We'll see. Seven, sur- seven surgeries is no joke, man. Like let's be, like think about that just out of context of like being a hockey player recovery. If you have seven surgeries on your hand. Just living life, I feel like, has got to be extremely difficult, let alone coming back and being a professional hockey Which player. Which is what Tanner Pearson said. Like, it was Tanner Pearson not even two full months ago. No, it was about two full months ago. Yeah, end of the season. That he was saying, like, they're like, what about next year? He's like, I'm just trying to be a dad. Like, he's like, I'm just trying to hey. get my hand back. Like, that's what he said. Are we supposed to... I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to get too conspiracy here, but I just, I just want to hear it from... More like I want to hear some more information on this. So oh, no. let's see, kind of what uh, what comes down the pipeline. Yeah, as the so that was on. one big one to take away for sure. I mean, that we won't spend too much time on that because I, like I said, I don't know. Uh, I hope it's true. I don't know if I believe it. I just I, I find it very difficult to think that you're coming back from seven surgeries. And the chat's going wild saying uh, Faber gasted. I was Faber gasted yesterday. That's true. Faber um, okay, what was the other one? You were going to say this, something else. This one was the bigger one for me. It was the conversation around the 11th overall pick, where the Vancouver Canucks are right now scheduled to select in the NHL draft. And a lot of us, and we've floated on this show. I've brought some ideas to the show. We've talked about, hey, trading down options. Who are some of the teams like Nashville? We know they want to make a splash. Uh, every team that hosts the draft ends up wanting to do that. Could the Vancouver Canucks be a team? that's looking to make a splash on day one of the NHL draft. This was an interesting quote from Patrick Alvin. We were maybe kind of expecting some conversation about trading down, adding a, you know, adding that second round pick that they're missing. That's going to be so huge. I was very surprised to hear the general manager talk about trading up and that teams are calling about the pick, not necessarily in terms of trading down, but the teams that are calling maybe in the top 10. Let's hear from Patrick Alvin talking about the 11th overall pick and potentially trading up in the draft if the right player's there. I think our scouting staff has prepared uh, really well for the whole year, and, and they're really excited about number 11. Um, again, i trying to be part of uh, discussions uh, that, uh, you know, if we're going to do anything uh, that makes us uh, uh, or team better, uh, I'm just not looking to uh, just do a trade for the purpose of doing a trade, but... Um, there's, you know, there is a lot of uh, calls uh, regarding pick number 11, and, and I'm looking at uh, options if we're going to trade up, uh, if, that's, if that's something we, we have a chance to do uh, to get a player that the scouting staff has identified to be uh, uh, a more intriguing player than the one we're going to get at 11. Getting a lot of calls mm. on pick 11, Alvin says. Most moved pick in the last, what, 10 years? Uh, two of the last four years it's been moved. Yes, two of the last four years it's been moved. Look, this team seems to like Leo Carlson. Mm-hmm. Apparently they like Matt Vemichkov. I don't know if they like him enough to trade up for him, but Alvin in that Swedish newspaper said that he liked Leo Carlson, and he even said in that newspaper that he didn't, um, you know, it wasn't against the idea of moving up. Yeah. So to hear him say that here and that teams are calling on the pick, that is very interesting. That is like, like, le- like, I don't know if Columbus is the best example mm-hmm. or Anaheim. Who's number four? San Jose. I guess they're not a good example either. But I, what I'm trying to say is what if there's yeah. a team that looks at it and says, you know what? If we get the 11th pick, 
And then we're also adding an impact player from the Canucks roster. Like, if you package um, 11th Niels Hoaglander and knock on wood, I hate to say it out loud, Archer Seelov's value's got to be as high as it's ever been. I'm just throwing names out there. You know what I'm saying is the Canucks could put together a package where a team's getting a player at 11th that they might like, mm-hmm. but also getting, like, a pretty impactful player. You'd probably have to throw in Pod Coles in. Um, you know, I, obviously, I, I don't think Lucas Patterson would be in play, but then I also don't know if the Canucks have the assets to really trade up. Like, that's what I kept coming back to is, it's like, yeah, it's great he's talking about trading up, but what I think is more realistic than trading into, like, the top three is, okay, we see um, a player we like that we think is going to probably go seventh or eighth we're going to make a trade with the team in 6th or 7th because we want to make sure that we get that player first. Yeah, the, the one that makes the most sense, I mean, there's two players that jump right out to me. I think the first one is David Reinbacker. If they really want that right shot defenseman, I think Reinbacker is the best available one. And, and maybe that's a trade up to maybe 9, right? Maybe you want to jump uh, Maybe you want to jump the, the St. Louis Blues, and uh, who, by the way, in the graphic there, I've never seen it written Saint, St. Louis, S-A-I-N-T. Uh, but uh, that's, yeah, I mean, that might be the team that you might want to jump. Like, St. Louis would probably like to add a defenseman. A lot of teams would, and I, I just don't see it playing out that way. The, the player that makes the most sense to jump up for is jumping up to seven and going after Matt Vemichkov if he drops to that point, right? Because we don't think he's going to get past uh, the, uh, the Washington Capitals at eight, but I could see him sliding down to seven. That wouldn't shock me a ton. I think that's a possibility, so I don't know. That's where I would look at that point. But the trading up thing was very curious. And that was kind of the, the big one that us down there was we're doing the media availability are looking at him and we're thinking, wow, I did not expect that to come. But I think when you put the pieces together and you hear the rumblings around the Vancouver Canucks and who their scouting staff likes, hey, if, if they value Mitchkov as the second most talented player in this draft, trading up to seventh isn't the worst idea if he's there. So I, I'm curious to see what happens uh, with that, but also we'll get to this later on in the show. With what assets? Yeah, you don't have a second round pick to trade unless you're going three to, three drafts down the road, right? Corey with a really good point. This would be so much easier if they hadn't tried to win every game down the stretch. Hey, you wouldn't have to trade up. Why don't we trade up this show and bring on uh, our guest now, Danny G, joining us now from EP Ringside, a big part of the Elite Prospects Draft Guide, which we've, we've spent hours uh, talking about, reading, all that good stuff. Danny did a, a great job covering, uh, I know, a lot of the Western stuff and, and actually getting into the rink. An old-school scout here in Danny G. Dan, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing pretty great. I'm excited to get I've to I've been on. better. Well, he's, yeah, don't get quads going here. He's at his golf situation. We might have to come up there and golf with you, Dan, next time. Uh, hey, you spent a lot of time covering the BCHL prospects, which is something we haven't spent a lot of time on here on this show, to be 100% honest. Uh, I'm talking to Hoyt Stanley, actually, in two hours from now, so I want to start there uh, with the right shot defenseman out of Victoria, playing for the Grizzlies, not the Royals quad. Do you know anything? BCHL. Oh, I know BCHL. No, don't even like start I, not with like me. I do. Not don't like even I do start. On the don't even start. Uh, Hoyt Stanley, you guys got him ranked at 84th uh, on your rankings. That surprised me a little bit. Were you the guy pushing to get him that high? And what is Hoyt Stanley? What kind of player are we looking at here? I know big right shot defenseman. What else? Well, we, we first saw Hoyt Stanley at the BCHL showcase in Chilliwack. It's where all the teams kind of come together and play. Um, and you know, he was quite interesting at the time he stood out among a lot of the other players just because of the physical tools that he possessed. Like you're looking at a tall six foot two defender who's a right hand shot who skates fairly well at the time we were kind of worried about his defensive skating, some of the decision-making on puck, but it was worth watching, you know, as the season went on. And as we checked in, it really looked like Victoria gave him the green light to really just run wild with the puck transitionally, um, which really, you know, it kind of emboldened our views on him because if you're that big and you can move the way that Stanley can, uh, you can develop those puck skills over time and become uh, and become a really good defender. Um, even the even the problems like defending that we had were kind of cleaned up. Uh, the BCHL is kind of like a have and have not league. Like a lot of the players are kind of um, not the greatest quality just to be nice. Like the um, can't catch and release the puck, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, Stanley definitely stands above the rest. And when we look at like what you have as a player, um, uh, you, you have, you have like a really good option for a mid round pick, honestly um, raw, but you're going to, you're going to have to do a lot of development with him to get him where he needs to be. But, you know, those are the type of players you're going to be getting in the third and fourth round. It's a question on everybody's mind. And we keep debating it. Everybody's got a different opinion, it seems. Who's the best defenseman in this draft class? Um, I, there's valid arguments for Simashev and Ryan Bacher. In my opinion, it's Simashev. Just because, you know, when you're projecting out, you're looking at this guy, he's like six foot four. He's, he skates like Quinn Hughes, frankly, mm-hmm. um, which is just like a, he, it's kind of like a unicorn, like uh, <laughs> in a sense. Like, uh, and when you're looking at like the player, what player are you going to have in three, four years time? Like, like just pure, pure talent wise, like this guy can, this guy has ability that can be stacked upon mm-hmm. like the offensive end stuff. Um you know, he, he like manipulates on his retrievals. He's a good transition player. He's physical. He's physical on the rush. Like there's just so much to like with him. Um, you know, he, he kind of went through like the kind of the BS Russia system where 
come you play in the KHL, you don't you don't really play much at all. You go down to the MHL, it's like um, maybe not not stimulating hockey for him. And the offense is a little bit of an issue, but uh, like just in terms of what he processes. But as as we looked at the player down the line, he was a lot better offensively and. I think it's enough to, you know, kind of deem him as a top defender. Reinbacher is, you know, with him, you're looking at a guy that's a much safer option, obviously. Um, plays in a professional league, like destroying, you know, prof- men's professional hockey players in transition and just um, uh, and showing really, really strong just defensive habits, like uh, locking down secondary threats, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I, I can understand why teams maybe lean Reinbacher because it's just way safer. But I think in five years' time, we're going to be talking about Simashev, you know, absolutely eating 30, 32 minutes a night in the playoffs and just being a monster yeah. for an NHL club. Yeah, I loved it. And I, th- I saw some cockiness too after throwing hits in like the KHL, he's staring guys down. I'm thinking like, look at this 18 year old kid doing that. I, I, I know that you, like, you've said it, I've said it. I think he's the best defenseman in this draft. We're talking about Dmitry Simashev here. I, I also don't think he's the first defenseman selected in this draft. Who do you think is going to be selected first in this upcoming draft here? I think it's going to be Reinbacher, and he's going to go really high. Like you're, you're going to see a team, probably like even Montreal or Arizona, um, if they don't see their guy. Like maybe maybe Montreal's on um, on Will Smith or something like that, and maybe he goes early. I think that's like a possibility, but I think he's going in the top ten way before the Canucks pick uh, just because you have a high floor, you have considerable upside. Um, he, you know, he, he's played in the uh, professional league, you know, he can step in pretty much immediately. And then you have to like, the NHL is all about trends and, you know, he's just so reminiscent of Maurice Sider and, yeah. and the success that Detroit's had with him that uh, I, I think that it's, it's an easy decision for one of those teams that needs a defender. And then this handedness too, right. He's a right shot defender. It's, that, that kind of sews it all up for. <laughs> well, hey, let, let's just round it out. Where where are you at with Tom Willander and Axel Sandin Pelica? Where do you expect them to go in this draft? What are some positive and negatives about either of these guys? Because depending how that top ten shakes out, like you might see both Simishev and Reinbacker picked. I think I'd be a little bit surprised if that did happen. But that might leave a defenseman there for the Canucks where you're thinking, hey, they've had their dinner with Willander. You know, Axel Sandy and Pelic is Swedish, so like you can do the ties together there as well. Uh, the fact that they both are. Where are you at with those two, and where do you think they should be picked in this draft? Um, you know, I, I they they're they're different players for sure, right? Like Axel Sandy and Pelica, you know, he's always involved in the offense. Every touch, he's rotating, he's 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 running up as the net front. He's switching off to the point, you know, get uh, activating on the weak side. Like he's just always involved. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that kind of scares you is it's a common thing with a lot of highly drafted Swedish prospects recently, like um, Victor Soderstrom, Arizona, and Nils Lundqvist. Is how are they going to handle the NHL forecheck? And even in situations where Sandy Pelica is you know, going back on a retrieval, there's some panic in his game. Uh, and, and, you know, we at elite prospects, we've completely like changed our kind of philosophy on these guys. We used to rank them really, really high Mm -hmm. because we like the skill level. We like the upside of them, but we, but they just have not been turning out. Whereas Willander, um, is like, like his mobility, his edges are amazing. Like he can manipulate off the retrieval. Uh, he tanks physicality. 
he plays way too fast, and that's a big problem because he has little nuance in his game. And so he just kind of chucks pucks in the middle of the ice and um, hits people in their feet and that type of thing. Uh, but like, I think when you're looking at the both of them, you, there's a more projectable player in Willander. And then you, and then like, although fit really shouldn't be a thing when you're drafting for best available player, um, I don't see a, a situation where Axel Sandy Pelica can really. Uh, live in the Canucks roster uh, properly. Like he needs a lot of touches as a primary power play quarterback, and he's not better than Quinn Hughes. And and they have Philip Peronic as well, right? Who's a right shot defender that's going to get those chances. It's I, I just don't see like like he can be like you're basically neutering him essentially like as a player uh, if you don't give him that power play time. And that's why I think the interest in Will there's more interest in Willander who can potentially be a partner for Quinn Hughes or someone else uh, who can, who's a stout defender, just spammed. He's like, he's so mobile that he can just be in the face of the puck carrier nonstop. And it's, it's almost hilarious when um, attackers are trying to move up and up and down the boards. He's just with them, like cross checking them, pushing them to, to into space where there's just like, you can't really do anything. So um, I think Axel Sandy Pelka, higher upside, right? Uh, potential for your number one defender. Willander, the upside's lower, but the floor is a lot higher. I, I was very happy that you brought up Soderstrom because I remember being so impressed with him in J20 play and thinking in his draft year that he was someone that I would like the Canucks to go after because I didn't think, uh, I guess that was the same draft as Quinn Hughes, I believe. Uh, and I don't think, and I think that was the option that I thought. I said, hey, if they can't get him, let's get Soderstrom. This kid's really good. I feel like I learned from Soderstrom that Axel Sandin Pelica feels like a similar player of, hey, he looked great in U20. His SHL tape isn't very good. Like, I didn't think he was very good in the SHL. I thought he was out of place a lot of the times. And that yeah. was, you know, defensive liability. He had, he had, like, a really weird season where he was really, really good in the beginning of the year. And then the play just kind of tailed off as the game started racking up. And then sent down to the to Junior 20 National and played a lot better. And then had a really good uh, under-18s and everything. But, yeah, you just you worry about the panic in his game sometimes. And... And the, and obviously, you know, he's not even anywhere close as a good a defender as uh, Willander or, you know, the other guys we've talked about, Simashev and, mm-hmm. and uh, Reinbacher, right? So um, maybe he's best available player. Maybe they go that way and, down, and then you use the asset down the road. That's what good organizations do. But if if you feel that Willander's fairly close, then it's it's a defensible decision to take him over. Axel Sandin Pelica, I believe. What are your thoughts about Will Lander coming to the NCAA? That kind of shocked me a little bit hearing that from the uh, draft combine. Yeah, I love it. Um, I think uh, there's situations in Sweden where younger defenders don't get a lot of opportunity. Like you watched a lot of Elias Pedersen, right? There's a lot of nights when he was, you know, playing eight nine minutes a game. Uh, not 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 entirely ideal uh, for someone that's developing. Although you're playing against men, right? Um, the NCAA track is amazing. Like, like all those colleges, you know, their gyms and the, the infrastructure behind the college is just so immense and so well-funded that you're just like in the perfect environment to develop as a player. Um, I think Willander, you know, getting Willander on smaller ice is huge too, right? Like, right. um, he's going to be handling, you know, really like it's a good division, right? So he's gonna be handling really strong four checkers and he's going to be, able to use his escapability and everything. So I think it's a good move, right? And um, 
you know, tra- I think for translatability wise, it's a plus for sure. I love that he's going to be in the same division as uh, that Leonard Perot and Smith line who are all going to BC. So like, that's going to be, uh, you know, a tough little challenge for him. And that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Well, Hey, Danny, before we wrap it up here, uh, just want to get your thoughts on the uh, elite prospects uh, draft guide this year. I mean, it's another 1600 uh, page, absolute monster of a, of a file there. Uh, how much fun was it working on this year? What were some of the things that you kind of keyed in on? Cause I know that just talking from people who contributed to it, it's very much like you bring your information, they bring their information, and it kind of, you know, does JD, the one who puts it all together and fits it together, like, just talk us through, like, how much fun it was working on that this year. Yeah, it's so much fun, right? Like, it, not only, it, it's just such a exercise of, like, building the knowledge up and, you know, kind of articulating your ideas and it coming together into one big package at the end of the year. It's really rewarding because it's just so much work. Um it, you know, like you're going to live viewings, you're watching, um, you're watching a lot of tape, uh, writing game reports. We have a database, like a Google Sheets, where we have all the players. We write your game reports in there. We do our we do our uh, grading in there, and, um, and then we come together multiple times during the year for draft meetings, which we have all on the YouTube channel, which is which is fun. And um, yeah, it's just it's a lot of work. A little burnt out because. <laughs> Uh, writing the pages and putting it together is uh, is a feat in itself. But, uh, you know, like the, our graphics guy, Hans, is just incredible. And I think the guy came out really, really well. I'm really proud of it at the end of the day. But, yeah, it's uh, it's an exercise of, uh, of a lot of work. And uh, uh, everyone should check it out if they are able. Absolutely. It's, it's incredible stuff. And I hope a lot of people have. Uh, so what do you do with uh, with Daily Hive? You just tell them piss all you tell Rob Williams? You don't you got time for him around this time of year or what? Yeah, I sent Rob a, a message last month. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be available. I'm not going to be available for a little bit. I have 30 pages of the draft guide to write because yeah. I, I, um, I'm crossover, but they assign high school hockey region to me. So obviously that's fun hockey to watch sometimes, yeah. sometimes and, and put that together. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I, I think my biggest enemy is uh, not enough time in the day. Yeah. No, um, especially you when you have a full-time job and everything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I'm writing, I'm writing some stuff for Rob. I, I released a defense, a defender piece that went over Reinbacher, Simisha, Willander and, and ASP. And I'm doing another one right now. That's going to look at Nate Danielson, uh, Matthew Wood, uh, Benson, um, and it's just going to be kind of like like the same type of deal, just looking at some players that they were interested in as well. So, or Barlow too. Yeah. So, uh, it's a uh, as you guys know, a busy time, tiring time, but let's push through it. Yep, you got that right. Well, Danny, we appreciate you taking some time for us, and uh, I guess I'll see you up in Penticton again this year. Are you making the drive up there for Young Stars, maybe? No, not this, I, not this year, unfortunately. But I'm going to try to get out from from the you know, next year. I just have some commitments and stuff, but yeah, definitely the thing that I'm going to be trying to go to. Okay. It was fun last year. Yeah. All right. Well, I owe you some beers. I invited you out last time and, and yeah. you, gave, you gave one of the best excuses. I might've talked about this on the show. You already had too many steps in the day and you didn't want to keep going. I said, oh, Hey, I remember I, I walked in there. I walked the whole town. I could not walk. Right. Like I, I was like literally laying on the bed in my hotel. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't even think I can walk down the street right now. Cause well, I didn't rent a car. Hey, they got those scooters out there in Penticton. We'll do that. That's what yeah. we'll have to do next time. Well, Danny, appreciate you taking the time, man. Excellent work uh, with EP Rinkside. Uh, and we, yeah, we appreciate you jumping on with us here. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You betcha. There he is.
Danny G, find him on Twitter. Daniel G Scouting. Insightful as always. He's great. I, I, I was mad that I got of... COVID last time uh, right before. Remember when you had the one-on-one with Danny? Really? Yeah, I got COVID the day before, and I was really excited about it. I missed uh, the last conversation. Oh, I when do he was remember that. Before. Yes, and Danny was Danny's great. Like he really, carried you in that he episode. Did. Holy <laughs> smokes! I said to him too off the top of that interview. I said, "Danny, I don't know anything <laughs> that I'm about to ask you about, but let's hear it." And he he was very good. Very. I think I'm figuring out the always. video here. By the way, too, I I don't have the YouTube chat though anymore. So you got to keep. Yeah, yeah. On people the YouTube were chat. commenting on your leg. Even uh, I fi- I think I figured it out here. We'll have to see. But uh, you know what? I'm not even going to say that because I probably screw. I'll, it'll screw up at some point here. But let's uh, let's dive into some other stuff here. So a lot of interesting draft stuff. Anything in the comments you want to get to, uh, real quick before we dive into here? <sighs> not really. Okay. Like I don't know. A lot of good insight. A lot of people interacting in the comments. I'm just sad about my golf. I know. I'm you, just kidding. Uh, you Kron didn't want to said, ask a question there the whole time because you were still mad about the whole golf situation. <laughs> Karan said, what do you guys think of Bob, Bob McKenzie's, list with Matthew Wood at 11? Now, yeah. let's let's preface this by saying Bob McKenzie's list is always, mm. always very similar to what actually happens on draft day. He compiles that list a lot through talking to scouts and talking to GMs that, yeah. quite frankly... Other public scouts don't have access to because they're not Bob freaking McKenzie. Correct. So his list is always one that you kind of look at and say, okay, whoever's drafting an 11th must really like Matthew Wood. That is the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. Nanaimo kid. We saw him. We scouted. We went to a BCHL game when he was 16. We weren't impressed. He's improved a lot, though. Seeing the, there's a Facebook comment asking how baked you are right now. That's I'm not the baked. I'm not baked. I am not baked. I don't. I don't. He's uh, just mad. His eyes are popping out of his yeah, head. Yeah, someone but missed no, the start the of the show. You hear that with, listen, uh, Craig Button's another example, okay? There's sometimes, like, Craig's list, I don't agree with a lot of the time. There are certain players sometimes that surprise you a little bit where, you know, think about how high he was on, let's say, Vasily Podkolzin for a long time. How he high was very he was. High up there. Hey, watch it. Uh, you're you're there too. <laughs> I'm right uh, there. But, uh, no, like, you, these guys, they're making their lists a lot of the time of the conversations they're having with scouts. You're bang on with, with Bob McKenzie. Nobody does it more than him. That's why his, his is so accurate when you see how many actual first-round picks are selected on Bob McKenzie's list. It's... It's very accurate. It's not necessarily like he's going down and, you know, watching hours of of highlights every day and watching shift by shifts and all that stuff. He's not doing that. But he's talking to a lot of people because that's the type of connections that he has in the league. So, yeah, I think it's an interesting player to look at there at 11. But we we ran through a little bit of a different exercise here. I want to get this graphic up. So I drafted – I drafted – we were on this uh, FC thing. I did the draft again. And I left – I just drafted how I thought it would go. FC Hockey, give them the proper shout-out. Well, okay. Everybody's well, for... using this tool. Yeah, I know. I gave them the right shout-out here. Future Considerations. Very it's nice. A, it's a good site. So the way that I drafted it, it went Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli. Don't cut me off again either. Last time you had the Canucks bought out OEL last time I'm trying to do this on the show, <laughs> and I don't want it to happen today. So keep your notifications down there. Uh, then I got Leo Carlson going number three, Matt Vemichkov going four, Will Smith at number five. Watched a lot of Will Smith last 48 hours. He's... <laughs> He's something special. Uh, I think he's that number five guy for sure, unless he was even number four. Uh, David Reinbacker, number six to the Arizona Coyotes. They're still Arizona? I can't tell. Uh, but uh, then Philadelphia Flyers with Oliver Moore. Zach Benson going eight to Washington. Dalvor Dvorsky 
going to the Red Wings at nine. And then I picked Colby Barlow because I feel like he, he fits a St. Louis mold a little bit. And that left some options here for the Canucks. So I'm curious. You've read a lot of these articles. I know you're spending a lot of time. You're not watching the video like I'm watching, but you're scouting. You're, you're the Bob McKenzie of, uh, of the scouting world here right. in Vancouver. You're reading a lot. As Corey Anderson said, Bob's basically retired at this point, but hey. still the most connected insider. And once it, it, it's, are his margaritas out here yet? Margaritas in a can? I don't know. I know they're out in uh, Ontario and, uh, and all the, the Maritimes out there, but... So the best options I had when I just drafted how I thought the draft was going to go. Axel Sandin Pelika, Matthew Wood, as you just mentioned, Ryan Leonard, Dmitry Simashev, and Nate Danielson. Of those five players on the list, I'm curious, you can get the chat involved here as well. You've got to keep an eye on them. Who do they like of the underlying players that I left available there? If they listen to this show, it's probably not Axel Sandin Pelika. It's not, and I say I, I really hope they don't draft him because I've talked enough crap about ESP. That'd be really funny if that's the pros- the no- new number one prospect that you need to cover. Well, hey, favorable coverage out the window with that. Really? Yeah, I, I just say, hey, listen, I'll, I'd have to change my, my ways a little bit and uh, start to get really excited about this player. I just don't like him for the Canucks at 11. That's fair. I mean, like Daniel said, Power play specialist. Like, you know who he reminds me a lot of, Chris? Is Niels Lundqvist. Well, yeah, he's Victor, he's Victor Soderstrom. He's Niels Lundqvist. There's a lot of similarities in those two players' games. And I think the, the only thing, and Danny mentioned it, think about how up and down his season has been. Do you really want that with a prospect? Like, you just saw that with Jonathan LeCaramacki. How many ups and downs in a season? You want yeah. to, with a guy like the other available players, like I think Matthew Wood, you saw what he just did in the NCAA in his draft minus one season. Or I guess you call it his draft season. But you mm-hmm. look at it, and it's NCAA minus one season. But you look at what he did, and you say, okay, was there many ups and downs in a guy's season who was basically a point per game before he should even be in the NCAA? So now he's going to come in as an 18-year-old. Maybe he ends up playing center. That's a nice build up there. Like, I, I look at that. I look at Ryan Leonard as well. He's going to BC, uh, Boston College, with the rest of his line mates there. The only thing, and, and man, Leonard's extremely talented, okay? Mm-hmm. He's an extremely talented winger. Okay, with all the I know you go on elite prospects and it says he's a center. He didn't play center in this calendar year. Okay, so so anybody that thinks he's a center doesn't look like that's the way it's going. Will Smith is the center of the line that you played with, and here's the other worry that I just like. I like Leonard. I think he's explosive. I really like him. Do you remember Oliver Wallstrom's draft year? Yes. So he scored a ton of goals. Mm-hmm. He put up a ton of points. Best shot in the draft. And here's the other thing. They looked at Oliver Wallstrom and they said, well, he maybe can play center. What's he doing now? He's in the NHL. He's scoring a decent amount. He's playing like a third-line role. He's also bigger than Leonard. He's three inches taller. Like, you know, I, I see some similarities, I guess, mm. there between Leonard. Leonard's a little bit more explosive, probably better hands, but I don't know if he has the shot like Wallstrom had either. That was the Quinn Hughes draft year. The only diff- the big difference I see in this shot is Leonard's got a really quick release, really good hands that gets into that quick release, but Wallstrom has that power that you need to beat NHL goalies. You know they talk about like a heavy shot. I don't know if Ryan Leonard has the heaviest shot. He's got a really quick shot. It's a really good shot. Great release. Good hands to deceive away from defensemen's sticks and bodies and be able to get shots on net. That's really impressive. But I'm sorry, he's a winger. Like, he is a winger. I don't know how soft Ryan Leonard's shot is, but I would also argue that a quick release is probably more important at the NHL level than sheer speed. Right, like I, I think, want to talk you, I think you can make an it. argument for both because I yeah. think what I'm talking about with Wallstrom is he's got a heavy shot. Yeah, but so did Reed Boucher. Yeah, no, that's true. And I mean, like, yeah. Oh, so you're talking about actual pace of play? Because I'm talking about the I'm release of the like, shot. No, no, I'm talking. No, no, sorry. No, I am talking about the quickness of like the release of your shot. But like, mm-hmm. who's another guy? Brennan Gauntz. Brennan Gauntz had a good shot. 
took a while to kind of lean into it and load it up, right? Yeah. Was able to score at the AHL when he had that extra second. Same with Reed Boucher, able to score at the AHL level when he had that extra second. Oliver Wallstrom was able to score at the AHL too. There you go. He doesn't have that, but he's, he's scoring okay. I, just, I, I think all I'm saying is don't dismiss a quick release. I don't know how slow his shot is. No. You know better than I do. I just but think I'm just my guy there for the Canucks, and specifically, I know you don't want to draft for position. And I know that a lot of rankings don't have Simashev in the top 15. I also just think a lot of those rankings haven't watched enough of this guy. This guy is, I mean, Dmitry Simashev projects as a number one defenseman. I really like this player for the Canucks at 11. That's who the chat went with. And keep in mind that Danny G just described him as a unicorn and said he skates like Quinn Hughes and he's also, what, 6'4"? It's scary, man. Like, how can you not want to go for that guy? That sounds like high upside. Sounds like there's some real tools there. That's my pick out of those ones that you had. Here's the thought. Let's circle back to what we said earlier in the show. What if Matt Vemichkov is there at seventh overall? What what could the think about a package the Canucks could put together to go from eleven to seven? Because Michkov, I tell you what, if you can get him to North America in three years, he's going to be the perfect line mate for Elias Patterson. Your top line is now in the conversation to be one of the most dynamic in the NHL for years to come. If you have Mitch Cobb and Pedersen as the top yes. of your lineup. And uh, look, we saw the report from Dolly Wall and Drantz that the Canucks wouldn't be scared off by the uh, Mitch Cobb Russia factor and all that with Mitch Cobb, that everything mm-hmm. surrounding that. He's going to be in Nashville next week, by the way, so make sure you say hi to him I will. if you see him. But they wouldn't be scared off by that, and I think it goes back to what we were saying. You know, about how I'll see Simashev a lot easier. He's 6'4". He's a monster. He's a yeah, four. right at your eye level. Um, with Mitchkov, you're, you know, we've talked about it, the, uh, oh, okay, well, it's going to suck that he's still signed in Russia for so long. When he eventually comes over, he's going to be 21. Like, yeah, it sounds like it's a long time away, but people said the same thing about Vasily Podkolzin. He's in the AHL right now, and nobody's saying, oh, well, we shouldn't have made that pick because we needed him to be in the NHL sooner. Stop That's not the cuts. worry. The worry is how he develops in the KHL. Sure, because you, you don't do much developing. With sure. Pod Colson, you can make the argument that his development was hurt because of the time that he was getting the, in the KHL. Yep. Here's the difference. It's that extra year, man. That extra year of the contract on Mitchkov is going to, I think, in my eyes of just understanding the KHL, how it's operated, how they play their players. I think Mitchkov is going to get a lot more ice time. I think Mitchkov is going to be looked at as a player that the KHL is very much promoting. He's going to be on that SCA team. He's going to be used a ton. He's going to be all over the highlights when they're tweeting out KHL stuff. He's going to be all over their website. Pod Colson wasn't that. Okay, they, they know that they have Mitchkov, and the fact that they got him to stay for three years, get that extra year of development, call it that development, or call it like the year where he's the big pro in the KHL, I, I think he's going to have a little bit of a different development path than Vasily Podkolz, and I think you can almost see that in his draft year as well, the way he was used. There's Drant's discourse in the uh, YouTube live chat right now. Yep. Someone compared him to Squidward from oh. uh, from SpongeBob. Same hair. That <laughs> was pointed out. I like Drant's, for the record. Drant's I, always I been very him. nice to me. I know. I think I'm riding with him up to... Uh, to Penticton. I was very allergic to his dog, so I was going to dog oh, really? sit for him. You know this story. I was yeah. going to dog sit for but him. But he's got a doodle. Those dogs are... He does, and you know what? This was months before I got little birdie boy, so I was all freaked out thinking, oh my gosh, I'm allergic to the doodles. 
the yeah. ones that I'm, you know, he's that I'm getting. He's mm-hmm. got a Bernadoodle. I've got a Cavapoo, yeah. Ca- Cavalier Spaniel Poodle. Um, so I was about to babysit his dog yeah. for a weekend. So excited! It was going to be so much fun. And you know, I they leave. Cough, I'm cough. like, yeah, I'm good. And then my face swells up. Oh, it was horrible. I felt so bad. I wanted to watch his dog so bad. Yeah, but I couldn't. It's a good dog. Your dog's doing good too. My dog's great. Getting big. Yeah, he's a little unit. Yeah, he is a little unit. People keep commenting because I keep... You ever uh, checked in on the brothers and sisters, his uh, litter? No. No, you never heard about that? You don't no. follow them. They don't have their own Instagrams either. No, I don't think so. I Tough. don't know. Jeez, Bert's living the best life then. The other, he has, he's got his own IG and everything. Bert's got his own Instagram. Well, he's more advanced than yeah, the other Yeah, let, let me quickly wrap up the draft up with this. Okay, Ryan Leonard, Gabe Perot, Will Smith. Watched a lot of them uh, over the last 48 hours just because I, I got to watch it. Like, Will Smith, I tell you what, man. The way this guy plays the game is at such a high level of intelligence i mean i tweeted out a play last night it's just it's bonkers to watch this guy uh handle the puck with pace which is such a big thing for getting to the nhl level and like i said ryan leonard was you know very impressive hands really impressive hands and i'm not just talking about deking around guys but it was about the shot he's got really good hands on creating a quick release be interested to see what happens with him but i like i said he's not a center he's playing right wing okay uh gabe perot i he was involved a lot i didn't think he drove play as much as the other two i think that's why he's kind of sliding uh outside of what looks like the top 12 this year but it, it feels very similar one of those years where the united states national team just has some absolute studs i think that's uh that's pretty damn impressive stuff there uh from them and, and finally there was one more thing that was mentioned in the patrick alvin uh Press availability. We're getting to odds and ends now here, uh, Aaron. Wrap it up. Uh, Odds and ends. uh, This was mentioned by Patrick Alvin. It's not likely that there's going to be any more changes to the coaching staff. Saying that Rick Tockett will be spending more time on the power play. That's something that he did back in his Pittsburgh days. Uh, So obviously Alvin kind of has some confidence in that, uh, in the player, in uh, in what Tockett's going to do in that role. As well as you got the Sedins being more involved too, right? You got the, both the Sedins being involved more on the power play. And, and hey, this is something we all wanted anyways, right? When you heard the Vancouver Canucks were, were going to be adding the Sedins to the development team, we're like, hey, get him in with the power play. Get him helping on the power play, right? And, and we saw that a lot at practice near the end of the season, especially after talk. It took over. I think you really saw an investment from the Sedins being on the ice a lot more with the Vancouver Canucks. They were always doing it with Abbotsford. Really saw a lot more of that, at least from our time, from my time at practice, watching the Sedins uh, spend more time with the Rick Tockett's, you know, coaching staff there that they had together. Uh, and not really much about Sergei Gonchart. Sounds like he's going to be just like, Alvin didn't really say he was going to be like more involved, but I think just like more consistent and they kind of have like a plan set up for him. So that'll be good for the defense corps as well, uh, as well as Adam Foote uh, rounding that stuff out there. So that's all I got from the Alvin stuff. Anything else? Go- What's going on in the chat? I got yeah. no chat. I I'm, I'm, feel like I'm lost. I'm trying to get the video to work a little bit better here. I think it's working a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, still still chipping away at this uh, YouTube stuff, man. I think it was Karan. Someone asked a good question. Karan's always Yeah, how, how long would Simashev be stuck in the KHL for? And then a bunch of people asking for a Burt Cam, which I will get yeah. pulled up. So two years left uh, with with Simashev. Here's the other thing. He's not with uh, he's not with Ska. He's with Locomotive, so they're going to play him. They played him a lot. They don't play defensemen in the KHL at, at, uh, at 17, 18 years old. He was playing in the KHL. Here, let me get this stat up here. When Simashev was on the ice in his 18 KHL games, his expected goals for, so the control of expected goals for, 52.7%. So a positive control of expected goals when he was on the ice in the KHL. Really impressive stuff. The only thing that kind of worries you a little bit, and we got the stat up here on the screen. Not anymore. Bert's getting out. <laughs> there goes Simashev. He's gone. Uh, 
One goal, nine assists in his 29 games of the MHL season. Picked it up in the playoffs, okay? Started scoring in the playoffs a little bit, add a little more offense there. So don't be so, so worried about this guy. He's a defensive defenseman who's got a lot of potential to grow that offensive game. Listen, really like this kid. Uh, I would be very happy if the Canucks drafted him at 11. Uh, so we'll wrap it up. Anything else you got? Bert is sleeping soundly. He's always Is he ever not sleeping? Have you ever caught a cam where he's like looking about and, and oh, getting yeah. ready to go? Big time. It takes screenshots too. So I have like I have a lot of pictures oh, I'm sure you do. of him cuz it, 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 it every time there's like movement, right? So sometimes he readjusts. Mm-hmm. And you see him, you know, moving around in there. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> and he has this new thing. What do you think call the golf course after this or what? Yeah, I, I'm going to call right now. Let's figure it out. Okay, yeah, we're done. I'll talk about Bert another time, I'm sure. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. First, it's the poll question. Oh, let's do it real let's quick. Let's do it re- real quick. Uh, our poll question brought to you by Atlas Goods. Uh, the great folks. I just over want to see the Atlas percentage the Goods. answers here. Go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15. That will get you 15% off your first order of pop rinds, the best fresh pork rinds, straight from your microwave oh. or air fryer. Fabulous, delicious. Warm air fryer. Warm pork rinds right from your air fryer. Our poll question today. Let's say that these are the best players available for 11th overall. Who are you drafting at 11th? Ryan Leonard, Dmitry Simashev, Willander, Willander, or ASP. Yep. And as always, I'm angry, which you put in brackets. Goaltenders. Goaltenders. Uh, I voted Dmitry Simashev. Number one, that's the highest votes. Vote getter. Mm. 50% say Dmitry Simashev, 19% say Ryan Leonard, 25% say Willander or ASP, the right defenseman in that chart during the poll, and 6% say they are angry. Few people replied to it and said, just get a center or a right defenseman. Yep. No, there I, you go. Yeah, I mean, that's... Another person said, or, or, drop down and yeah. get assets. Here's the other thing about Simashev. Played a little bit of the right side last year, too. Okay. You can do it. You know, they got so many lefties in Russia, the defensemen. They got so many le- They don't know how to make right-shot guys unless it's Alessandro Ovechkin. It's all lefties out there. So he played a little bit of the right side as well. Something to something to note anyways. Something to think about. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got to wrap it up. Oh, you tell me that. Oh, baby. Quinn Hughes and Dmitry Simashev on a pairing three years from now? Come on. Come on. We got to wrap it up. Right. Check out the batter's box. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, baseball podcast. It's a good one. It's a good one. I've heard it's very good. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. We'll be back tomorrow, no? Back tomorrow, yeah. Back tomorrow. Back in the saddle tomorrow, folks. Uh, but for now, I'm going to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, and producer, Aaron Bordado, and Bert. My name is David Quadrelli. Thanks again to Danny G of Elite Prospects and Daily Hive for joining us. Hey, watch uh, it. Courtesy of Zephyr Epic. That's all for now, folks. We'll see you tomorrow, 12.30 p.m. Friday afternoon. Enjoy the sun, folks. My name is Eagle Jelly. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.